Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Here's what faith does. Faith moves us. Faith moves us. It moves us in a couple of ways. Faith begins to move things around us that may seem impossible, that may seem like we can't get unstuck, maybe from our past. It moves us into God's destiny for us, but it also moves us onto God's agenda. Faith is a possibility that says, hey, I can start to think like God. I can start to uh, step into the ways of God. I can begin to step into the patterns of God. I, begin, I can begin to uh, put aside my own preferences and begin to embrace God's plan and purposes for my whole life. So that's the purpose of faith. When God moves, He moves through faith. Anything that's moved in your life It is moved by faith. Maybe it's not always by your own faith. Maybe it's by the faith and prayers of people around you. I was talking to someone uh, in our church and I asked them, hey, what's your faith journey? How did you become a Christian? And she said, I've got a sneaking suspicion that there was an older gentleman in my workplace like 20 years ago who he and his wife were praying for me. He said, I never knew, but he was a man of integrity and he was a man of prayer. He was a Christian. And I think that he was praying for me and that's part of my journey. And I want to encourage you that this message is for anyone who wants to move in faith. Maybe you've got a direction. Maybe you've got a decision that's coming up that you're like, hey, I I want to move where God wants me to move. This message is for you. Maybe your life is a little got a little bit of turmoil, a little bit upside down. Maybe you're a little bit stuck. Maybe you've got some things going on that you can't seem to get forward. And you say, God, I, I've got some things that appear impossible and immovable in my life. I've got some stuff where I've tried as hard as I can. I've tried a bunch of different stuff, but I can't move this. And God says, hey, this message is for you because we are going to talk about faith and the movement of our faith. Now, the thing that I I love about the Bible, the thing that I love about the teachings of Jesus is that Jesus gives us insight into how we can live this life of faith. Did you know that faith can be built? Do you know that you can learn faith, that you can practice faith? And that's one of the things that I love about the Bible. And we're going to look in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew, about what Jesus teaches about faith. Who's ever heard of the term truth teller, a truth teller? Right? So a truth teller is someone who can communicates with clarity and doesn't hold back. Now, a truth teller is someone who it is different to someone who just has no filter, right? You know, who knows or who has been that person who has no filter at some stage, I think. Most of us have. 
But a truth teller is someone who has clarity, doesn't hold back. Someone who cares about you enough to let you know what's really going on. And someone who gives you reasons to be better than you are. That's a truth teller. A truth teller gives you reasons, who calls things out of you, who sees potential and calls you up into your destiny and into who you really are. Now, I wonder if you have someone in your life that say, hey, I've got someone in my life who is a truth teller. For me, and part of my story is uh, before becoming a pastor, I worked in business, in corporate, for about 11 years. And uh, by the grace of God, I had a successful uh, career in sales and marketing in Sydney. And one of the turning points in my career is when I had a boss who I trusted and I gave him permission and I said, hey, I want you to tell me the truth about what is holding me back. And he did. And he gave me some insight and I was like, okay, I can work on that. And from that moment of giving someone permission to speak into my life, my career really went to the next level. So the power of a truth teller. Now, Jesus was the ultimate truth teller. The thing that you need to know about Jesus is Jesus doesn't just have truth or didn't just teach truth. He is truth embodied. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the embodiment of everything that is true. And he came and he taught his disciples and he teaches us through the word of God about the truth, about faith. Now, when Jesus was talking about faith in the gospel of Matthew, he made a contrast. And the contrast is this. There are five times that he uh, told his disciples and he instructed them and he said, you have little faith. Five times he did that in the gospels. And this was the ultimate truth telling. When he said that, what was he doing? He was calling them up to and into more than what they were. He was saying, hey, I see potential. I know what is ahead of you. And I want to call you into a life of faith. But he said this phrase five times, you of little faith. Really quickly, I want to tell you the five times that he did it. The first, Jesus said, we have little faith when we worry about our everyday life, when we worry about stuff, what we wear, what we're going to eat, when we obsess over the details. That's Jesus said, you've got little faith, right? The second time he said it is this. He said, when we worry about forces of nature, which are out of our control. Now, this might seem like a little bit of an unusual thing. I mean, the whole thing is they are out of our control. But Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm greater than nature. This is the time that uh, Peter was walking out of the boat. And he's like, don't worry about it. Sorry, that was the next one in Matthew 14. We'll go to that one. When we worry about whether we can sustain a life of faith. This is the time when Peter took a step And he started to doubt and he started to step out in faith and he started to doubt if he could sustain it. So worry is one of the things that limits our faith. The other thing 
is when we limit God in two areas. We see this, Matthew 16, when we limit ourselves to natural thinking. In this story, the disciples were, Jesus was teaching about yeast as a little thing. The, the, teaching, the teaching of the Pharisees is yeast as a little thing that begins to corrupt our thinking with religion. And, they go, and they're, they're like, why is he talking about bread? Does he want bread? Is he hungry? And he's like, no, don't limit yourself to natural thinking. If you do, you'll have little faith. And the fifth is when you limit and when we limit ourselves to natural possibilities. Do you know that God hasn't called us just to exist in this life with things, seeing things just as they are? We're seeing that things can't change with just limiting our thinking to what is possible in the natural. But God wants to expand our thinking and cause us to activate our faith. Now, when you think about some of those things that I've talked, when you think about worry about things, when you think about worry about things, uh, the things that we wear, the stuff, the things that we have, when we think about worry about forces of nature out of our control, when we think about worrying whether we can sustain, like, yeah, God, you've done some good things in my life, but I don't know if I can continue in that. What are the things that, when you look at that list, you think you're little and lacking? Because here's what Jesus was saying. He's saying when it comes to faith, there is a time when it's like us. Who's, who here has ever got your credit card out or your debit card out and you've gone to pay, you've gone to do something and it says insufficient funds? We've all been there or most of us have been there, right? This is essentially what he was saying to the disciples. When it comes time to do what I've called you to be, do, I want you to know that I've got enough provision, that I am real enough, that I can cover the gap, that I have sufficient funds. And that's what he's saying and calling them to in this moment. So when Jesus said, you got little faith, he only ever said it to the disciples. He only ever said it to the people that were closest to him. And what he wanted to point out is the times where we have self-centered worrying, the times that doubt displaces trust, the times that we have a, a belief that God won't come through for us. Those are the times that we've got little faith. Now, in this same gospel, in the gospel of Matthew, there is a contrast. And five times, on five occasions, Jesus says to his disciples, you've got little faith. But on two occasions, he says to people that they have great faith. And we're going to look at those occasions right now. Now, the people that he said had great faith were, I would say, two of the most unlikely people in the Bible. The first was a Canaanite woman. Now, if you've read a little bit about the Bible, particularly if you've read any of the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, you would see this. You would see that Canaanites are not like they are the enemies of God, right? So Canaanites were associated, one of the things they were associated with was child sacrifice. 
that really uh, made God angry when people were killing children, actually at times burning kids alive. I know it's shocking to think, even the presence of such beautiful little ones, right? So they were detestable practices, idolatry, the worship of gods, which involved all kinds of um, really uh, detestable things. And so it's surprising that Jesus, as a Jewish man and as a Jewish teacher, that he would say to a Canaanite woman, He would say, you've got great faith. The other person that he said had great faith was a Roman centurion. Now, when you think about Roman centurions, I want you to think about the Caesars. I want you to think about gladiator. I want you to think about uh, the different armies. I want you to think about brutality. I want you to think about oppression. And these people, the Romans, were an occupying force in the nation of Israel at the time. And so in terms of like, hey, who who would you think has got great faith? You wouldn't choose an occupier or someone who was brutally oppressing the people. But this is what Jesus did. And here we pick this up in Matthew chapter 8. And verse 5, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But listen to this. This is important. This is what great faith is all about. He said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. Tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone, who? Anyone in Israel with such great faith, with such great faith. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus chooses to highlight this moment and this person as someone who embodies and is the pinnacle of something that is so important to the life of faith and the life of a Jesus follower. And it's really simple, right? It's really simple and and I want us here to capture this simple thought and it's this, great faith says... Your word is all I need. You see, there's all kinds of things, all kinds of things that can stop us from having faith, but there's one simple thing that can bring us into a life of great faith. 
And it's this, God, your word is all I need. Your word is all I need. You see, in this passage, Jesus doesn't highlight a person who has a spiritual pedigree. He he doesn't highlight a person who has great learning. He doesn't highlight a person who we don't know anything about this person in terms of like what he did, whether he was kind, whether he followed Jesus or the teaching of the Jesus. What we know about this person is a person who came to Jesus for help and took Jesus at his word. Do you know why this is important? This is important for you and I because for us to be people of great faith and for us to move onto God's agenda and for us to move things in our life that have been blockages and for us to move into helping others and reaching our city for Jesus, all we need is a word. All we need is a word. Now, I study the Bible. I read the Bible. I love the Bible. But what I need is not to know everything about the Bible, but to start to put into practice the Word. We can't, as Christians, highlight intellectualism and highlight our knowledge as the pinnacle of our faith. What is the pinnacle of our faith? Our ability to believe and take God at His Word our ability to trust Him, our ability to seek Him. And this is the key to great faith. And I hope, what I hope to communicate is the simplicity of it. It is simple. It doesn't always make it easy, but it is simple. And Jesus knew this, and He also lived it. Here's what we see again in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus being tempted by the devil. Here's what he knew. He said, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What Jesus is saying is, God, your word is enough for me. Your word is enough for me. Your word is what is going to sustain me. Your word is going to be my life source, my breath. The way that I walk, the way that I move through this planet is going to be at your word. Great faith says your word is all I need. So when... In, in the journey of my life, when someone gives me a prophetic word or encouragement, what I would do with that is I would write that down. I have a, a notes section in my phone. And as I was preparing for this message, I went back to the 25th of May, 2018. And that was a time when I was in a transition season and I didn't know what was going to be next. And I had a conversation uh, with a pastor friend of mine who is an incredible man of God. He's someone who listens to the Spirit. He's a passionate preacher and passionate disciple. And we were having coffee, and he, here's what he said to me. He said, Andrew, you need to get a word from God. You need to get a word from God 
to stay. You need to get a word to go. You need to get a word for what is next in your life. And so something as simple as that, I wrote that down, just that person's name, that date, that thing. And do you know what I did? I took it to heart. And it took me probably about four months to get a word from God. There is no formula, and I don't want you to write that down. It will take you exactly four months from now. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that when we have persistence and when we begin to pray, and so what I did in that time is for about 10 weeks, uh, every Wednesday I would pray and fast and I would ask God. And what he had to do was he had to kind of shift away some layers. He had to shift away some disappointment. He had to clear away some clutter and revealed something very simple. And at the end of that time, at the end of that four months, I was presented with a number of different opportunities. And I said to Rebecca, I said, I I feel like God's calling us to start a church. Four months. Get a word from God. You know, on that basis of that word, once you have that word, you can hold on to that word. You can hold on to that word. And there have been many times in my life where another time was where I was just reading as part of my normal Bible plan and and a verse, have you ever had that experience where a verse just grabs you and just speaks to your heart and just builds faith in your life? God will speak to you in a number of different ways. Maybe it's a prophetic word. Maybe it's an answer to your own prayers. Maybe it's a scripture that jumps out at you. Get a word from God. Because God's word is all you need. Once you have that, you can hold on to that. And you can begin to take steps and make moves into everything that God has for you. I'm going to invite the the band back up. And uh, a miracle has happened. I've preached a bit shorter. And we've created a a little bit of space because we're going to take just a couple of minutes and we're going to sing again. And I want to encourage you. I don't know your history. I don't know your journey. I don't know what's on your heart. I don't know what you want to move into. I don't know what you need moved in your life. I don't know what you need healed in your life. I don't know what you need restored in your life. I don't know what kind of provision you need in your life. I don't know what kind of answers for your future and your direction you need in your life. But Jesus does. And we're going to take a couple of minutes. We're going to open the altar just if you want to worship. And we've created space today for God to speak to you. And maybe He'll give you the answer. Maybe He'll give you the breakthrough. Or maybe this is just a catalyst to remind you. Here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to declare over you. Is that every person 
in this building, every person listening to this podcast, you can be a person of great faith. It's not about your background. It's not about your history. It's not about your level of wholeness or brokenness. It's about your ability to say, God, your word is all I need. When you say the word, when I find that word, when I receive that word, that's enough. That's enough. When you say, go, I'll go. When you say, come, I'll come. When you say, this is not for me, I'll agree. When you say, go, take a risk, take a step, I'll agree. And so what I want you to do is just invite you to stand. Our team's going to lead us in two songs. You can come out the front if you want. You can choose to sit. You can choose to kneel. You can choose to stand. You can find some space in this room. We believe that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is here to speak to you, to speak directly to you. To give you a word, to give you something that you know, you have a knowing that is from God. So let's take a moment just to worship. Jesus, Jesus, my precious Lord, none on the earth nor heavens above that I have found more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward. I just want to move your heart It's all I want to do I just want to stand in awe And pour my love on you No matter how much the cost I freely give it all to you All to you Jesus, Jesus, my offering, all my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams, and here's my life, Lord, a sacrifice, oh, just to bless you.
wonder of God is that He can communicate directly to each and every one of us in a way that is good, in a way that He reveals His heart, His love. So all across this room, I want to give the opportunity to be included in this moment. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Maybe He just wants to speak a word of encouragement. Maybe He wants to just silence voices in your own head that are undermining how much He loves you. Maybe He wants to speak a word of direction to you. Maybe He wants to tell you the truth about a way that you're going that's not good for you and not good for the others around you. And He wants to do that with love. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you, don't exclude yourself in this moment, even if it's new for you. But just allow the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit to speak to you.
wanna move your heart That's all I wanna do I just wanna stand in awe And pour my love on you No matter how much the cost I freely give it all No matter how much the cost I freely give it all, no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all, no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all to you. All to you. All to you. All to you. said blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness I want to encourage you there is power there is the presence of God there is the anointing of God as we turn our hearts to him as we set our desires on him as we begin to seek him as we say hey as much as I get hungry in the day I want to hunger for your presence in my life I want to hunger for your voice in my heart I want to thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, we've kick-started something that will continue into your week. That this week, you'll be aware of God's presence. This week, you'll be aware that God wants to speak to you. You'll be aware. Maybe some of you, God's given you a word that He wants you to take bold steps. Maybe others of you, He's started this process of seeking. Maybe He's got to clear some stuff away. Whatever it is, we'll be praying for you. We'll be believing that God will lead you. He'll move you onto His agenda. He'll move you into every good thing that He has for your life. And we want to thank you for that, God. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.